This is Tamara, and we're out here at Prairie Gardens for plant experts, and we have everybody standing by. They include Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. Good morning, John Weisgarver. Good morning, Tamara. And Mr. Steve Brown. Good hey, morning. Tamara. How are you? Hey. Do, doing now that much you got your now. technical difficulties straightened around, <laughs> yeah, we're glad you're with us. Always something, well, isn't it? Likewise, yes. Everybody have enough uh, cord there and everything? Yeah, I'm okay, good. good. Yeah, great. Yeah, you know, it's a toss-up. I, I don't get to see Marianne as well, but boy, am I looking at an orchid that is phenomenal. I, you know, even the backside of it's really pretty. Yeah, I've got the I've got oh the face facing me. It's a it's a white phalaenopsis with the deepest, most intense. I don't want to call it violet, but it's violet fuchsia. It's yeah. almost purple. Splotches. Almost I mean, it is screaming. Uh, and then there's just a little bit of faint watercolor, uh, faint uh, purple along the edges here and there. But it's just and phenomenal. Did you get and, the yellow? And, and, and here's what, and there's a little bit of yellow blush too. The here's what's funny. That thing's free. That's not funny. That's awesome. So you could buy a fifty dollar gift card at Prairie Gardens. Okay. And you could get this orchid. In a ceramic pot, free. Okay, I will. Okay. <laughs> really? it's, yeah. And there's a wide variety it's of colors. For some reason, your taste's different than mine, and, and you choose not to purchase the most beautiful orchid in the world, there's other colors. There's pure whites. There's yellow greens. There's some of the more fuchsia uh, lavenders. I just stopped and looked at them a couple minutes ago. and I don't do pink very well. But there's a pink over <laughs> there's a pink over there that is just just grabs you. It's ju- and it's solid pink. It's not oh. blotched or or anything else. It's just beautiful pink. Yeah, the colors are just phenomenal. They really are, aren't they? It's hard S- to choose. I, yeah, exactly. Fifty bucks and a free orchid. I'm serious. It's pretty bad when some of the buyers have a goal of, you know, maybe we could get Marianne to like a little bit of pink if we just carried this thing. <laughs> So we've we've got some pumpkins for this next fall, pumpkins and some owls, and it's like, okay, we got to get this just so we can see if we can convert Marianne. I, I don't pink. think it was because of me, Tamara. I don't. I okay. Can I take her to the other side? But anyway, this orchid is before. free, folks. Fifty dollar gift card purchase from Prairie Gardens, and this goes through Valentine's Day while they last. And uh, what a great gift! Oh, incredible! And as the infamous Ed Kelly. Most likely did. Mm. He maybe gave the gift card but kept the orchid, or he gave the orchid, most likely, and kept, kept the, the gift, gift card. card. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to do both. Or you could give both. Keep both. No, I'm going to keep both. You're going to keep both. <laughs> okay. Right. And you've got a few other bloomers. Oh, Just my gosh. You. Talking about color. Well, oh, I'm wow. sitting there thinking, okay, got to get that hyacinth. And I've never, ever seen a cyclamen like this one that's got the floret inside the... Which one? Well, they're yeah. just incredible. Aren't those, aren't those gorgeous? What's the deal with that? I, I don't know. But it sure is pretty. It's like the uh, calyx over over the flower is a totally different color than the petals that have come out. I mean, the red one's unique, but I'm not digging it so much as I am the purple one. The purple one is just stunning. It's, it's phenomenal. And... Uh, it's got a little bit smaller leaves, also. Yeah, they're really compact. The whole those are six ninety nine, and that's just outrageous. And that's talk about a long lasting, long blooming uh, plant for the cool season inside the home. Really mm-hmm. beautiful, and and then the foliage is variegated. The pattern is just so, gorgeous. On so it. we're talking about cyclamens, and they're they're tender plants here. So how would you care for a cyclamen? 
uh, inside the home. No direct sunlight. No direct sun. Be careful with the watering because oh, they, they yeah. can be tend to rot down in the center. So, uh, so they almost are mm. like a corm. I yep. don't know technically yeah. what they are, but they're a, like a tuber or a corm, and they mm -hmm. they can rot. Rot. So it, this so happens to be in a small little decorative wrap. So you take the wrap off, water the plant thoroughly. Once it's drained away completely, then you could put it back in the wrap if you wanted to. Yeah. Yep. And you, I know you're always going to touch the soil to see, hey, do I need to water or not? But slightly dry to touch. I in think between. let it dry. Yeah. You know, you could always put them in an African violet pot, you know, because African violets like that capillary uh, watering also. And we have African violet pots now. We do. That would work. You have African violets, don't you? Oh, we African violets. Do. Did we get African violets? <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, talk, a couple about, different sizes. talk about something that just is a classic. Seriously. I mean, really. That's Just beautiful. A, a purple violet. Mm -hmm. uh, seriously, you're absolutely right, John. And, you know, they've been around since this is one of the reasons why I got interested in horticulture in yeah. the first place. Yeah. Because you, you I was Adam. fascinated by yeah. that. African violet on the stand and yep. the bedroom on the, you know, it was just. On the east side. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did they have your, the, the African violet person in your family, did they have one of those? African uh, violet person. That's like a cat person. <laughs> Well, it, it's the same thing, only different. That's right. It was it was a tube, and then there were um, arms that came out that hold held pots. Yes. Yeah. See, yes, we're from the same. Yeah. We're from the same thing. Okay. So yeah, and it would sit in a prominent place, not not with a lot of light. I mean, not yep. bright light, but not direct sun. Uh, yeah. Not direct sun, and it was just loaded with violets of all different colors. Yeah, I grew up yeah. with that too. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Yep. Very nice. Am I seeing roses? Oh, no, what? it's a roses? primrose. Well, primrose. You got, you got the last half of the word right. It looks. It. it does. It's so similar to a miniature it's a, rose. It's a double flowering version. I think just having that uh, orange edge to the yellow flower mm -hmm. makes you think that too. Almost carnation-like. Yeah. You know. When I was driving, when I got in the car and it was three degrees this morning, and mm. then I was driving, and then it was like zero and one degree. <laughs> By the time I got here, it was seven. Ooh. You know. well, how long did it take you Balling. to get here? You live that much further north, don't you? Just, <laughs> yeah, I guess the sun, <laughs> sun did its thing. Huh? Yeah, and a, kind of a couple low spots. But just this just makes you feel so good to to. I think I'd rather watch color. birds than watch my thermometer on my car. Kind of like watching corn grow. I yeah. But that's okay, John. It's if okay. that's what trip you trigger, that's that's great. Yeah. I'm just flipping out over the little daffodil and hyacinth. Doesn't it just make you smile? <gasps> yeah. It's like Aww. oh, that is spring. Yes, Absolutely. it is. And that yes, it's a little hyacinth coming up, isn't it? With buds all over it, you can see the flower buds, and in mm -hmm. a week or so, you're going to be able to see that yellow. And you're going to smell oh that fragrance. Yes. Mm. Oh right. So yeah. we have a topic today. Did you tell me it was? I'm not telling you. I just have to remember. It was about <laughs> uh, gardening, Plant. vegetable gardening. It was about gardening. succession Ooh. planting and uh, yeah, harvesting, and enjoying vegetables. And vegetable yeah. gardens. Yeah. You know, vegetable gardens aren't just summer, are they, John? No. No, you can start early, as as the topic would be that I know is three-season vegetable garden. There you have it. And, and we're probably not including winter. 
so much in that season, right? No. So it must be spring, summer, fall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm digging that. So I'm just going to sit back and listen. Now, when do you start? You're the you're the person that does fabulous spring, early spring. Vegetable. Greens, mostly. Oh, but. shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> listen mm. to that. What do you start with? Well, I, I think it depends. It depends. It just Uh-oh. depends. He beat me to it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> on the year, and it certainly depends upon um, if you're going to start things indoors or not. It depends on if you have a cold frame or not. Um, so there's a lot of variables, so we can kind of get into some of the details here. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, for people who don't start indoors or for people who don't have a cold frame or whatever accessory that might help them to get off to even um, an earlier start, then I would say... You know, the, the earliest things that around here that people tend to plant would be like the spinach and lettuce yeah. and radishes kind of thing, yep. if you will. And there's a longer list than that, too. But those would be some of the earliest things. And I guess the reason I'm saying they're earlier is because I think there are some of the things that you could start to harvest sooner yeah. and yeah. earlier than most other things. So you get that reward. Right. For two reasons, because they're cool weather and because they germinate quickly and grow quickly. Yeah, they'll tolerate pretty harsh conditions yeah. for the most part and uh and so they can you can get started not as soon as the ground's workable but you know the earliest i might push that would be like late march ish oh yeah mid to late march depending upon the season yeah. and then and at some point realistically by the end of april you're probably enjoying things maybe even sooner than that maybe the middle of april just depends upon the on the growing conditions the season, yeah. sure and it makes a difference too if you're going directly in the ground as opposed to if you're doing like a raised bed or containers where you know you have a little bit uh, more control more control yeah. absolutely and, and or just even you know clear plastic over the raised bed or yeah. over the garden if it's up on some hoops or supports but not not too large of an area because you want to hold the ground heat in right. and keep it warm during the winter or you could use the floating row cover if you wanted something that breathed a little bit more or you could certainly do both so if you were doing um a, a, a covered like a hoop little hoop house short would you put that on in the fall so that you're gathering keep you continue to gather heat to keep the ground workable i probably wouldn't just because i wouldn't want to go through the winter winds and the ravaging oh sure of the frame or possibly a snow load or something like that i'd probably wait till if i was if for some reason I was really interested in um, warming it up earlier, which I don't think I would need to do that, I could do that a week before, oh, for sure. example, with some black plastic or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, th- I guess that's how I would approach it. And black plastic because that absorbs the, the, as far as the sunshine. Heat, yeah. yeah. Okay. But again, not necessarily necessary. Uh, but again, a, a cold frame or some sort of protection would make all the difference in the world so um, even if there's direct sowing without protection some of these things that we're talking about lettuce spinach radishes would be some of the earliest things you could sow and grow and harvest if you had a cold frame you might pick up an extra two weeks even earlier than that sure or maybe even more hmm. how fun is that yeah isn't Ooh. that neat so i mean i mean really if you think about how early you can get started now not harvesting but doing things outside with a cold frame call it the first of march you know or end of february or whatever it might be so and then if you were fortunate in the fall maybe the latest things that you could harvest would be 
late October-ish, early November. And then if you had a cold frame, you're probably talking about early to mid-December. So all of a sudden, then you're really looking at about two and a half or three months that you couldn't be gardening. Wow. That ain't bad. Right here. No. Right here. <laughs> when it's three, what would you say, seven? You got all the way up to seven this morning? Well, that's. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right here in East Central Illinois. Yeah. That's Fun nice. Stuff. Do you, uh, I know uh, a couple times Linda has uh, sown some spinach and lettuce in window boxes. Yep. Or some small pots here that we've offered for sale. And, you know, if we, if we, have one of the greenhouses fired up that we look at it and we say yeah we've got two or three or four weeks that we could give a little bit of bench space to this Um, maybe we'll do something like that again because again that's it's not worth our time to do it other than the fact that we get to then offer it and share it with customers yeah which is pretty fun that's so you can have a really inexpensive fresh harvest i think was it last year or a couple years ago we gave you a window box or something yeah i think of some mixed greens or, or lettuce like or spinach yes. i don't remember what it was but a bunch of greens we'll see if we can do it's that different again. there was like a baby lettuce or a what do you get, spring green green springs anyway yeah it was something green something <laughs> but something like that you can just take scissors and just harvest and then you yeah. know if you have a, a bright sunny window or if you can play the in and out game on a warm day yep uh, get it outside fun stuff that's I another could. good way to extend the gardening season Yes, it is. So what would you plant after lettuce and greens? Uh, you know, I, I'd be looking at <clears throat> onions and shallots uh, in bulbs, typically. You could do seed uh, or the plants. I'd be looking at potatoes, uh, peas, whether they're shell peas or snow peas, edible pods of some sort, um, kohlrabi, cabbage, cabbage yeah. broccoli, cauliflower. March, you should probably, late March. Yeah, late March. To, I mean, it's that's a long season that you can plant in. You could, you could probably get them out in late March. You might have to be prepared to cover a, a little bit, and protect a little bit. Uh, again, with a floating row cover or some sort of device. Um, We've got. Might have to keep the bunnies and critters away from ravaging. There's two reasons. Okay, we've got the neatest uh, protectors. Uh, he was talking about floating row cover. We have. It's like a floating row cover, only it's a pouch. So if you have a particular plant, one plant that you want to protect, you can just fit this little pouch right over it. Oh, how nice. On the other hand, we have cloches, plastic yes, cloche. Yes, those are great. Um, cloche? Uh, like a bell, glass a d- a bell, dome. only it's oh. plastic or oh. dome. Yeah, good. Thank you. Did I tell you the, the plant covers that I, the protectors that I liked the most were the ones we had, I think it was last year? And they were kind of close shape, but they were a chick- hard chicken wire form. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, those they were cool. They were brought into the country, imported the country as a country lampshade, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, we saw them at a closeout, and you know, looking at them, going, "Ding, ding, ding!" Garden plant protector. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we had hundreds and hundreds of them go through here out of this garden center as a uh, a plant protector versus a country lampshade. And apparently, they uh, did quite well. Oh yeah. What's really cool, they were really decorative, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. A, they, a nice they were yeah. bad-looking. Right. And, and then, if you really wanted to, you could spray-paint them and really add some <laughs> interest <laughs> to your garden. I mean, really, come on. I I remember, it's been years ago, I had a garage sale. Oh, my God, those days. Anyway, it was I was selling a lot of um, hanging basket um, wire frames. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend, she came over, and she said, I'll take them all. And I said, what are you going to do with those? And she said, to keep the rabbits out of my veggies. 
Hey, there you go. Huh. So I, I'm guessing that she had some other wires she put on them, too, because those are pretty large openings. The rabbit could just Basically. poke their head right yeah, inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Put their whole bodies through Maybe it. Maybe she put some screen wire inside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's yeah. what she did. But, I, man. I, you know, you're talking idea. about some of the other things she'd plant early. I know um, Susan and Cindy have an incredible selection of potatoes. Yeah. They'll arrive sometime in March. I mean, typically they, again, depends upon the season when they can be harvested and and brought in so sometimes it's the first week of march sometimes it's the third week of march you yeah. never know when they're going to show up yep but um That's the there's um, some organics and some standards and just about every shape and color and size whether it's a pink fingerling or a purple round one or nice. a yellow banana or nice uh, still our most popular yukon golds yukon yeah. gold That's yes it. I like the fingerlings especially. Yes. So potatoes are, to me, the probably my most favorite food. If I couldn't eat anything else, I would eat a potato. <laughs> That's awesome. Ah, I really. Well, nice. they're so versatile. I yeah. mean, you could, how many ways can you fix a potato? Yeah. A bazillion. And it's almost foolproof. It is almost. so easy. It's ridiculous. To grow, you mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and invariably, if you miss some that in harvest, they sprout up the next year, they overwinter. And it's like, I oh, mean, you, wow, could, what a surprise. you could be a blind squirrel and you could grow potatoes in the garden successfully. <laughs> I like that. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. You can give us a call at 356-9397 or text 351-5357. And would you have a text? Have any of the experts grown popcorn so much better than store-bought? But Ooh. when I say that to people, they look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Am I the only one? No. Kind of hard to throw that in your microwave, though. What? You know, I've gone back to cooking it the old way, like on the, on stove, the stove top with a there pot is a way? and a lid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with bacon Before grease. Before microwaves? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think it, I think it's great. I, I, I never thought about it. Now, there, and there's a specific corn for popcorn, right? Sure. Yeah, it's yes. called popcorn. Uh-huh. It's called popcorn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How clever is that? How misleading, in a way. <laughs> in a, in a very general sense, yes, you, can popcorn. Yellow, you can get white. You can get Indian corn type popcorn. Really? Yeah. I've never it's grown it myself. packaged and sold as popcorn. Yes. And uh, uh, some, occasionally we have sometimes some seedlings as well that we sell. In the Chef Jeff line. I remember driving um, southeast of Champaign. There was a farm that was actually selling popcorn that they'd grown. So, so, yeah, homegrown popcorn is fabulous. Wow. Okay. Now I'm I'm really interested. Uh Uh-oh. So when would that, that would be a late spring type of I mean, I think a, a good indication would be when you see, for the most part, when you see farmers out in the field planting corn. Okay. That kind of give you an idea that you could probably plant as well. Okay. But that's after potatoes for sure. <laughs> yes, Jim. So in, in okay. a very general sense, you might be looking about middle April to end of April. Okay. I mean, it could be before that. Could be or later. Could yeah. be later. Depends yeah. on the season. And then the harvest would be about like when the Sweet Corn Festival is. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's how I remember it. See? There you go. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> maybe it, maybe la- maybe later than you want, that. You want to let because you don't want to get it drier. Yeah, yeah, you want it to be drier. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have to keep the deer out of it. Uh oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Raccoons. Mm. And the raccoons. Oh, 
boy, I don't know. <laughs> That's going to be quite the stretch. But <laughs> I am intrigued, though. I want to grow popcorn now. Is that going to be any harder than the fields and fields and fields you see of, of uh, field corn? So you can do it. Wonderful. Yep. You can do it. Okay. That would be a fun project. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially with kids, yeah. I think. So you're in you're into April with your potatoes and onions and all that kind of stuff, and then you're getting ready to do all of your summer crops, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're into season two. Well, it, you know, typically the 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 warm season vegetables, in a very general sense, um, anything in the melon or cucumber family, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant kind of guys. Um, I'm I'm more of a Mother's Day as soon after as I can. Maybe maybe if to, if it's just been a warm spring, maybe a year before. Yeah. Was I, it last year or the year before we had snow the day after Mother's Day? Last year or the year before? I don't know. I try and block the it. The day out. after. It was yeah. I think it was the year before. Okay. It was just extremely cold. Saying. Well, I I certainly agree with you, Steve, on that. I think the same as with. Our bedding plants are annuals. Oh, I, sure. I wait yeah. till at least, you know, first to mid-May. But you know, there's always these people that have their. I have to have the first tomato in the county. You know, mm. and they come <laughs> and up unless with you have some sort of aid in protection, yes. whether it's a wall of water or yeah. a, a cold frame or something. Well, and the old country people used to use the clay tiles, sure. the drain tiles, because yeah. it would absorb heat during the day. Oh. And keep the wind off of it, uh -huh. allow moisture uh -huh. and sunlight. Yeah. yeah. So I, th I think if you're going to plant before Mother's Day, you probably need to be selective and, yeah. and have some sort of protection just to yeah. ensure. Because even, I think it was two years ago, I mean, a lot of people had plants freeze out the Friday before Mother's Day. I mean, yes. even with protection, yep. there was a lot of plants destroyed. Every year is different. Yeah. It is. So, y y again, you could probably, with some assistance with a cold frame or some protection, you could probably be harvesting in your garden anywhere from early April all the way through the fall, Thanksgiving kind of stuff. And you could even harvest some of the warm season stuff. Um, if you can avoid a frost or a freeze, you might be able to collect those tomatoes and oh, yeah. uh, and store them inside the home and so you, I mean you literally could be eating tomatoes still at Christmas if you had the right means to store them. And isn't it broccoli that if you have a frost on it it's it's more more sweet more flavorful? Broccoli so and broccoli. Brussels sprouts? And Brussels sprouts. I think Brussels sprouts particularly but so. I, I struggle with Brussels sprouts just from a standpoint of it just seems like I'm feeding the moths and the caterpillars. Like cabbage right? Yeah it's just so much for so long because it's not an early harvest at least with cabbage you can harvest it early, or broccoli. You can harvest early in the spring, but yeah. it's like you're not going to have the Brussels sprouts ready until later in the season. And those, the what, what we're talking about are the late season plantings, ones that you plant in August to uh, grow and be harvested in the late fall. Okay. There's the seasons, and that's it. Yeah, but you know the thing about it is you have to you have to decide what you want first. Mm. What is it you're going to use, like and use? Oh, yeah. And and then you have to look at your space, measure, and, you know, if you've got three feet, you can do three one-foot crops. 
three rows of one foot crops or something. You know, it's it's not too difficult. And you always talk about how all the information you need is on the seed pack. I was just going to say, read the pack. Because even within a group, say, uh, oh, I want to grow watermelon. Well, do I want to grow this shape and this mature size that's going to be ready in 63 days or, you know, 68 days? Or do I want to grow this size that's going to be ready in 120 days? And that's a big help. You know, and that might be an exaggeration on a watermelon as far as 63 or 68, but you're probably looking 80 days on the early end on some of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you might be looking at 120 days on some of the late guys. Yeah. Wow. But that's what you, you just said. The most important thing is planning Deciding what you want yeah. to plant and, and space. Yeah. Space is, uh, you know, you're, you're always thinking, oh, I can put this and this and this. And then all of a sudden, you don't have the space to do it. Because <laughs> they grow. That's right. <laughs> well, and you can also be very successful growing in containers. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I grow tomatoes in containers. I, I used to think that it kept the squirrels away from the tomatoes, but uh, I found out different. No dice. Nope. <laughs> I still like them. That's all right. Yeah. The but it's good to know it. that that there would be enough room in a container because I would imagine they need a lot of room for their root growth. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in container vegetable gardening is trying to have too much in a pot, though. Yep. Uh, oh, I can grow this tomato successfully in a 10-inch or 12-inch pot. No. I, I don't think so, no. No, but... but I think that's the tendency to say, well, I'm, I got this little plant, it's going to be fine, and then... You can't keep up with then watering, it, isn't. it tips <laughs> over, whatever the problems are. And I think yeah. water's a big issue because containers always dry out much faster than something in the ground. Right. For sure. And um, a lot of people like the look of terracotta pots, but they're porous and they lose water through through the sides. So that's probably your most the one that you would not want to use uh, unless you're really going to keep on it. Okay. I think the pots that I grow tomatoes in are um, 20-inch. They're pretty big pots. But it's still, it's a lot of water. And when you say 20 inches, do you mean uh, across, across or height? and deep. Across and deep. Okay. They're not always exactly the same up and across and down, but um, if it's going to be 20 inches, it's probably not going to be 8 inches tall. They're generally within, unless it's a bowl or something like that, they're generally within 25 to 30 percent height and width yeah typically mm-hmm. yeah. somewhere in that range okay. that ratio um you know and we and we haven't really even touched on some of the the perennial vegetables whether it's asparagus or rhubarb or some of those guys that you yes. can enjoy each and every year uh, but typically spring is your about your only opportunity to plant those yeah and, yeah exactly. and again the asparagus as soon as the ground's workable you could certainly get that planted in the spring, too. So that could be a March thing if and, you and when had you that think, opportunity. When you're thinking about plant or planting that kind of a, of a vegetable, think about what it, the effect it's going to have on everything else you're growing. Um, asparagus is not real tall, but it's tall enough to cast a shadow. Oh. So you don't want things that, that, um, that would be in the shadow of the, the plant, but the plant on the other side. So. Okay. Or grow something tall in the next row. Exactly. That can reach up and over. And, and well. think about that also, corn. You were talking about popcorn. Mm-hmm. Place it where it's not going to shade um, your watermelon. Oh. Or your beans. Or plant your rhubarb 
in the shadow of your asparagus so it doesn't get beat up and torn up as much during the dog days of the summer. Good idea. So you can use different things or, hey, this uh, leafy crop, this vegetable spinach kind of stuff. I could grow, it's getting sun, but it's, it's light is a little bit reduced because of the shade of the asparagus. And uh, whereas I wouldn't want to grow my peppers in that shade where it's a a flowering fruiting plant. Absolutely. So there's not a huge amount of things to think about. It's not that complicated, but. But but that's what we were just talking about. Siding for sun and vegetables all prefer full sun, which is at least six hours or more a day. Of direct sun. Okay. Yeah. And when you talk about how much to measure in between, it'll, uh, this reminds me of what you were saying, particularly about trees, that it might say, what, like a foot apart, but that is once they are full grown. Right. That's how you should measure it. You're, 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 you have to think about what it's going to be when it grows up. Right. It, it isn't necessarily that far apart while you're planting it. Well, it will, no, it won't be because they're much, much smaller. But eventually, um, it'll be a foot wide. So you want it from the, where you plant it, you want the next plant to be a foot away. Okay. And there's a lot of different theories and practices when it comes to vegetable gardening as far as how close to plant. Yes. I mean, and you know, from a practical standpoint, sometimes you just don't have a lot of space. And maybe you have to kind of bunch up just a little bit and kind of crowd together a little bit you know square foot gardening's been a a theory or a book that's been out there for decades uh, now and it's really where you're you're maximizing every square foot in the garden literally and your rows are tighter you're planting things closer you um, have less of an opportunity for weeds uh, to come up Uh, watering's easier there's all kinds of merits to that too you don't want to be overcrowded because at some point in time you'd have diminishing returns in terms of the productivity in the harvest. Uh, okay. Uh, if you get I was too close together. Air circulation would be poorer. Air circulation it? could be an issue too if you don't vary the height of the plant and and you know common sense in terms of uh, having that variation for sun and air. Um, so there's a, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong, mm-hmm. but you have to kind of figure out what works for you and that's where if you're building raised beds, you, you, you kind of have to make those decisions early on. Oh, sure. You know, how, how large is the container going to be, uh, the box or whatever you're going to build, how far apart do I want to have um, the road, the spacing of the boxes so I can comfortably work, so I can get some air circulation, some light level, you know, which which way are the boxes facing? Are they going to run north-south? Are they going to run east-west? Uh, kind of thing. Okay, so Mr. Raised Bed, which direction do yours run? I got run? some of both. <laughs> really? Yeah. And is it just... Is it, it just worked out just from a layout standpoint for me. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I've got some long, long boxes that might be 30-some feet long, and I've got mainly short boxes that are going to be closer to 8 feet. And um, I... F- depends upon how high the box is. The lower to the ground, you can start to appreciate a narrower box. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Versus one that's, uh, so. Oh, that you'd have to reach way across. Because you don't want to be walking in it. Where if it's elevated more, you know, it's not as much of an issue. So Yeah, and you can um, sit on the side. You know, I'm not sure. yeah. And you could sit on, well, you could sit on the side. Or you flip your bucket over and sit on it. That's what I always do. I like that. So I've got mixed feelings about which is the better width. 
again, it depends upon the height, it depends upon the person and uh, their fitness, but whether it's four feet in diameter, whether it's 42 inches in diameter, whether it's 36 inches across, um, you could argue for both. I certainly wouldn't go more than four feet. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Wide. Yeah, but four feet would be really easy because usually your boards would be eight feet and just cut them in half to build it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. You can give us a call at 356-9397 or text 351-5357. Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines where Margaret is calling in from Champaign. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Um, I have a question about an amaryllis that I got for Christmas, and it's now finished blooming, and um, it was in a a kind of a sock, (laughs) and now there's roots growing out uh, from the bottom. Um, the, The blooms, it's finished blooming, so now what do I need to do with it? You still have foliage. Uh, uh, barely, yeah. Okay, so leave the foliage on as long as possible. The, that green foliage stores the bulb for nutrients to regrow again. Okay. Right. Should she just so put it in direct sunlight in for right now? Or? So it's in a mesh bag, the bulb is? Uh, kind of, yeah. Does it have a stand that Should it I stood up on, or...? No, it was just a small one. Uh, beautiful blooms. It had two bloom stalks, nice. and each of them had four flowers. Oh, <laughs> fabulous. Would you guys consider potting it or not at this point? I wouldn't. What would you guys do? So how are you watering it? Um, I was just watering it in the in the sock. I, had, I just had it in a coffee cup. Shows oh. you how small it was. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I so. was just wondering how it was standing up. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. There you go. If it, was in a, if it was in a bag. Okay. And this is an amaryllis? So the key yes. with any amaryllis, yeah. whether it's potted in soil or whether it's in a sock in a coffee cup, <laughs> uh, would be to keep the foliage <laughs> alive and healthy as long as possible. Because that's how the plant's building its food reserves to be healthy and blooming for you for the next year. Right. So um, if it's not in soil, in this particular case, how would you guys try and water? Because you don't want the bulb in water. Right. How would you guys monitor that, if you will? And at some point, would you consider liquid feeding at some point in time to get some nutrients as well? And how I, about near a window? And what kind of light level would you guys go well, with? Well, Margaret, I'm guessing that when you water, you, there's a, there's water standing in the coffee cup then, correct? Um, I let it sit for about 15 minutes, and then I dump out if there's any water in the cup. Okay. I think it's important that the water don't doesn't touch the bulb, certainly. But the roots are going to be absorbing uh, moisture, so you could probably leave uh-huh. a little bit in the bottom. And I, I wouldn't hesitate to start putting a little bit of fertilizer in that water so that it starts building up a little more um, energy for the next year's flowering. So a water-soluble oh, okay. fertilizer, whether yeah. it's the drops or whether it's a powder, that's yeah. water-soluble. Yeah, make it easy, absolutely. But leave a little bit of water in the in the bottom of the cup so that the, the uh, roots can absorb that up into the bulb. How long are the roots, Margaret? Okay. 
Oh, they're only about a half an inch, but there's several of them. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, there should be. I would, I would try and keep that water level so the roots are just touching just it. Just barely, yeah. yeah. If you can do that. And then that, encourage yeah. them to kind of grow down in between, grow down into it a little bit yeah. just to some extent. I mean, you don't okay. want them necessarily standing in water, but I think they're going to figure out what they're going to do, Yeah. whether they're going to thrive that way or not. But just having that extra humidity right there is but probably going to help them. Then don't you think, John, that another month or so the leaves are going to start going down? Isn't it um, usually um, mid-spring when they start yellowing and... I, not necessarily. I think no. in soil, I think you take it out to this in the yard in the summer and do the Marianne Metz, throw it underneath the bush kind of thing. If uh, it were in soil? If it was in soil. Well, yeah. then maybe there's the possibility Cause, of planting it. Because in theory, you want to rest. You're going to rest in the fall. Right. Yep. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I think I try to keep it sustained as long as, as you can. If you, just like yeah. it is right now. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, okay. you know, we're, I'm going to disagree. Uh-oh. And I would plant it in soil. <laughs> And um, I would right now, or yeah, in, in I'd, high quality potting soil. I would plant it. I'd plant it so maybe up to half of the bulb is covered with soil, half is exposed. Maybe even a third of it's covered mm -hmm. with soil at the most, and two thirds is exposed. And I would try and get those roots to grow and develop. And I would go ahead and feed, even though I wouldn't normally feed a house plant this time of year, because I think my days might be a little bit numbered in this particular case. I probably would go ahead and gently feed it. I have it in bright and direct light uh, just off to the side of a very bright window and try and keep that foliage alive as long as I can. And if I'm fortunate, that might be this summer or this fall uh, before I start to okay. let it rest. And if I'm not fortunate, then it may crap out in a few weeks like they're saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with it'll be an experiment. Yeah, good luck with <laughs> and, that. And, and, and yeah. no matter what you do right now, whether you pot it up or don't pot it up, eventually it's going to need to be potted up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't live in a bag in a coffee right. cup next year. Right. I would try, I would try and get it in a pot in soil and and uh, and if you do choose to do that and if the foliage is alive, once the danger of the cool temperatures is over, I would consider finding a place outdoors, whether it's a patio or a porch mm -hmm. or like Marianne often will take some of the house plants and tuck them underneath some of the landscape material uh, so she kind of right. remembers that they're, they're there for Got watering it. but they're shaded and protected and then uh, okay I would start the resting period about eight weeks before you want it to bloom yeah really. well or probably okay. even before that I'd probably give it four to six weeks of rest and then it's going to take me four to six weeks to Get it to flower. So get, get it to flower. Yeah, to get it, yeah. So somewhere between 8 and 12 weeks before I want it to bloom next year. Right. I hope that helps, Margaret. Great. Yeah, Good luck with that. Let bet. us know. Good luck. <laughs> you bet. Thanks. You've been listening to Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Oh, real quick. Free orchids. Yes. $50 gift certificate. Buy a $50 PG gift card. Get this free orchid that's worth every bit of 20 bucks. Drop dead gorgeous best orchids you'll find anywhere. Mm-hmm. Free. A lot of other beautiful through Valentine's Day while from. it lasts. Yeah. There you go. Uh, our experts today have included Marianne Metz, John Wise Garver, Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our executive producer is Dave Leak. Thank you so much for listening. We certainly hope you enjoyed your weekend. Saturday Sports Talk is next.